0: You want more time money freedom and have a business that's not reliant on you then you're in the right place each week mark creeden along with some of the very best business minds in the world will take you through simple practical steps you can take to create the business you always wanted from his own practical experience mark will show you how to work less make more and get the business you always wanted, the one that you deserve. Now, here's your host, one of Australia's most sought after business coaches, Mark i
1: Hi, Mark Creeden. here. Welcome to the latest edition of the Mastermind for Business podcast. And joining me in the studio is my wife and business partner, Caroline. Everybody's, everybody's pleased to see you, Caroline. Hey, Caroline, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. You and I were, were listening to the Richard Wiseman podcast this morning, so I want to talk a little bit about the sort of things you need to think about when you're hiring someone. So today's, really, today's episode is really about your team. So if you've got a team of people working for you, whether they're working in your business, whether they're offshore, whether they're sort of alliances, contractors, whatever they might be, today's session is going to be talking all about your team and how to get the most out of them. So if that's what you need, then you are 100% in the right place. Let's get underway and talk about that in the Mastermind for Business podcast. Hey, Caroline, we were listening to the Richard Wiseman podcast this morning, and he was talking about the Apollo mission and putting putting a man on the moon. And one of the things that I really liked is he spoke about interviewing the, the team, the mission control team, And he spoke to the manager of the mission control team and he asked them, he asked them, the manager, he said, Look, you know, how did you choose these people? How, you know, what was the selection criteria? And the answer was, We hired for fire in their eyes. I mean, that's 60 years ago, near enough. How relevant do you think that is now?
2: Well, I don't think, I don't think it has changed. People, you know, grow and and develop and things like that. But if you've got somebody that you're employing, or you're thinking of employing, or also bringing up in, in the business, and they've got a bit bit of passion, bit of spunk about what they do, even though they don't have the actual skills right there and then, or you know they're progressing to those skills, you're better select this. You're better to select that sort of a person than a person who's already got the skills and is just a plotter.
1: Yeah right because one of the things that we often say when we're looking to em- to employ people in any of our businesses is really that we can teach skills but we can't teach culture right you can you can teach skills you can help people to to you know you can send them off on training you can you can help them to learn things but culture and attitude approach so that kind of the fire in the eye you, you you can't learn that stuff, can you?
2: No, no. It's it's just that glass half full, glass half empty person. Yeah. And you just want someone who's proactive and, you know, it's a bit like walking into a gym and you see the, you know, mellow person. Then you walk into the gym who's just on fire. They're going to just nail it, and that's the person you want to be beside.
1: Now it's an interesting thing because I just said that you can't teach that, but you can help to bring that out in someone because we had a, a situation this morning. Where somebody walked into, they walked into the into the office, and, and I said, "Hey, how are you doing?" And the answer was, "Okay." And I saw you do something really interesting. What'd you do?
2: I did, I I made a, oh, I didn't make a big deal of it, but I made a pretty
1: big deal of a it. Reasonable deal. A, reasonable a reasonable
2: deal, yeah. Reasonable deal. Yeah. Pop everything down. Put all your bags on the desk. Put your computer down. Put everything down. Bring your keys with you, and let's go. So we walked out the back, out the front door, and I closed the door. And so you I, stayed inside the I stayed office. Inside.
1: <laughs> you kicked them out. Yep. Kicked them
2: out, and waited for them to come back in. And then I just did a big, exciting hello again, and yep. asked how how the day was. And attitude totally changed. We had a big laugh, big high five, sat down at a desk, and hooked into what she had to, had to get done. Then we worked through her problem, which was the starter motor of a car and her breaking down on the side of the road. Right,
1: right. But instead of bringing in that kind of negative attitude, you actually brought out the best because because in this case this particular team member we know is capable of great things and we know they've got, you know, 95% of the time a great attitude and a can-do attitude, but they just came in this little real funk when they walked in.
2: Yeah, I think well, everybody has everybody has those days yep. and we all have those moments and I think it's really important as a leader in your business, if you do see somebody having days like that, just, you know, do something to, to tweak or control-alt-delete in their mindset and push them back up to where they are.
1: I think the thing that I really liked about what you did there is you did that, you did the control, alt, delete, you reset, send them outside, come back in again. But it wasn't as if you then didn't address the issue that was actually causing the, the funk, if you like. So it was, you know what, don't, because bringing a funk like that into the office is like walking in with muddy feet, right? You you, you leave your rubbish all over the place and it affects everybody. So you went, went about the process of going, we're going to fix that, we're going to change that first. And then the next thing we're going to do is work out, you know, hey, what's what's going on? What's wrong? How can we help? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Hey, we talk often about the concept of how staff are a little bit like, like kids. And I found this book in my shelves the other day. You know, I've been restructuring my library at home and I found this book called The One Minute Father by Spencer Johnson. Now, Spencer Johnson is the co-author of the book, The One Minute Manager. Anybody who hasn't read The One Minute Manager, please go do it. It's a great book. If you're leading a team, but I really liked some of the lessons in the one minute father and Caroline, what I wanted to do was pull out some of my favorite quotes out of the book. And even though the quotes relate to children, I'd like to talk to you about how we, you use it in relation to leading a team, because um, maybe, maybe a little bit of context, Caroline, just to explain to people, not only are you a coach within the mastermind Business Accelerator program, but you've led teams for, you know, for a good part of your life in being, you know, area manager in hairdressing salons, leading teams of, goodness me, apprentices. Yes, that
2: that is challenging. 40, 20, I think it was 20 apprentices.
1: And yeah. 20, 20 and, seniors. And a, and a, yeah, so leading teams of 40, 40, 50 people. So um, Caroline is well versed and well experienced. Let's run through these quotes, and keep in mind the quotes are going to relate to kids, but let's let's see how they can relate to your team, right? So the first one I, I like, it says, the best way to get my children to listen is to listen.
2: Well, yes, we, I think it's your dad, you tell me your dad used to say, we have two ears and one mouth.
1: Yeah.
2: We should use them in. <laughs>
1: it was dad so, that used to say that, 100% correct. I
2: think we, we do need to listen, and you find more out about the situation and the person if you listen first.
1: Yeah, I think, I think on that one, Caroline, too, is that that if your team know that you'll listen to them, they're far more open to coming to you not to solve problems, but for you to be a part of that process with them. So they'll come to you to talk to you about an issue as opposed to biting their tongue and the whole thing festers or or just trying to skip over the top of it or applying a solution that isn't that isn't really ever going to work. So the more you're prepared to listen, the more they're prepared to be a part of the solution and actually come and talk to you.
2: Definitely, I mean, in our session on the in the hot seat of Mastermind this morning, we spoke a little bit about regrets and how we can often beat ourselves up about mistakes that we've made or regrets that we've had for the day or for the week. Yeah. And something that came to mind there was that, you know, if if you you can often just say things just too quickly, a bit like, you know, when you're reprimanding somebody you just say or blurt out the first thing on your mind. Yep. But if you just listen first and then speak, it gives you more time to calibrate what they're actually saying and also how you're going to react to that yeah. first before you just blurt out and then you create a whole, you know, can of worms that you've got to...
1: you then got to try and, and deal and with. In. Cool. So, you know, the quote is, the best way to get my children to listen is to listen. The same thing, best way to get my team to listen is to listen to them. Yes. Yeah, cool. I, I really like this one and it was the best way for children to believe they are winners is for them to see themselves winning let's talk about how you apply that to to teams
2: well with we teams most people i would i would encourage most if not everybody to have some sort of kpis or you know target achievements not necessarily of a monetary value no. it might it might be something tangible it might be a process or procedure being met it it could be just the environment being met and when this is done, when this is done correctly and it's done well, people should it should be sung from you know sung from the hilltops. It's, yeah. it's important that they see those things and hear those things.
1: See, it's interesting because here we're talking about you know the one minute father by Spencer Johnson, and we're talking about children, and you, you've picked it up and applied it to to your team. But the reality is within our mastermind business program, one of the things that we do every week is we ask our clients what have their wins been for the week.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. it's fantastic, and the winds aren't—they're never the same. No, the winds are never the same in there. No, it's it's interesting how they change.
1: Well, well, I think I think what's really interesting is sometimes they're not really big wins. Sometimes they're quite objectively they're quite small, but subjectively for them they might be a huge win. Um, I think,
2: yeah, agree.
1: So I, I I know I got a, an email from one of our one of our mastermind members this morning when he said, oh, listen," you know. I'm just. I just want to let you know that I'm three days in to my promise to go walking every morning. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, that's, that's that's a, a win. win. That's it's a win, right? Because because he you know he's been burning the candle at both ends, working too many hours, all the sort of things that that we help our clients to stop doing. And a, and and the beginning of that was you know what, mate, just get up and go spend some time for yourself. And and so you know, three days in, it's a great start. Yeah. Cool, love it. Uh, how about this one then? I take a minute. I look at my goals and I look at my behaviour. I see if my behaviour matches my goals. Ooh. So I look at that, I mean, I look at that and I think, well, there's there's two aspects to that, I think. When we're setting goals for our team, we've got to include them. I mean, they've got to be their goals, right? They, mm-hmm. It's got to be generated from them. We can guide them. There's
2: got to be purpose. 100, oh, well, yeah. right,
1: 100%. So then we've then got to look at, it, you know, to ask them the question, you've got these great goals. Is the behavior that you're engaging, in other words, what you do actually working toward the manifestation of that goal? Is what they're doing going to get them there? But the second thing I think is, as leaders, we've got to look at ourselves. We go, well, hang on a second. I've set, these people have set these goals. Am I behaving in a way that's going to help them to achieve their goal?
2: I mean, there's, you know, the I saying the head rots from the fish, sorry, the head rots from the
1: the no, fish rots from it. the head down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah.
2: wrong way. Oh, yeah. And if, if the, you know, if the leader is in a negative space, then nobody else can reach their space, get to a positive space either. But on the other side of that, if you've got as a leader, you've got the positive mindset and you're, you know, really nailing it in your head, you will see much more, positivity out of your
1: team. It's just an organic thing that happens. Yeah. Just a a, a little segue. In the Richard Wiseman podcast this morning, he was talking about Dale Carnegie and he was saying how uh, he'd read Dale Carnegie's biography. Now, we know that one of our Master One clients sends his team, his, his management team, and there's 40, 50 people, off to do the Dale Carnegie course. And every time a new manager comes in, he sends them off to do the Dale Carnegie course. But one of the things that Richard spoke about was that in the Dale Carnegie biography, Dale Carnegie said that he kept a journal. Now, you know, I'm a huge fan of journaling and I like, I like to journal every day. But this journal was a little bit different because it was, we're talking about celebrating wins. But in fact, in this journal, what he, what he kept a record of was mistakes. So stupid things that he had done. You know, and and by stupid things, I mean, it was like things like, you know, I I wish I hadn't said that or I wish I hadn't made that call. I was about to say send an email, but not in Dale's times. But, you know, now I wish I hadn't sent that email or I wish I hadn't reacted the way I had. And he actually kept a record of it. Do you reckon there's value in that?
2: I I absolutely do. I mean, keep calm and carry on comes to mind. Mm. Keep calm about the mistake that you've made, look at it, assess it, review it. And it's like even like a marketing sort of exercise or, you know, process that you're going through. If it works, that's great. But always tweak things. It might not work. It might be wrong, but that's okay. Wrong is good because you'll see what, what works and what doesn't work and you can make huge improvements or tiny improvements.
1: Well, just going back to the fact that in Mastermind we ask people for their wins, the next thing we always say is, okay, so what's your lesson? Because we know that if you know the lesson, you're more likely to repeat the win. But in fact, what Dawa Carnegie did here was he he documented the the mistakes or the stupid things that he did, but more importantly, he documented the lesson he learned from it. You know, the 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 concept of, well, probably and so we actually did that exercise on our hot seat this morning, just something we do with our with our members every every Friday morning. But in that we actually asked them for the mistake and the lessons. And it was really interesting, wasn't it? What the lessons that came out was some, oh.
2: some of them were really it was minimal, but very important to them at that at that time. It was. It's always relevant when you have a mistake. You know, if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't matter. If there's not a pain behind something, yeah. whether it's financial or a frustration, you know, it it won't matter. So if that's the case, then you need to change it. And you need to fix it. But it is okay.
1: So that's a great saying. Of, I'm going to get back to Spencer Johnson, but that's a great saying of yours. If it doesn't hurt, it doesn't matter. Um, what I got out of this morning is when people spoke about their lessons, there was kind of positive and negative lessons in a way. So there was like, oh, I shouldn't have spoken the way I did. And I really regret that. And I'm sorry. And and I'm going to apologize or I'm going to make up for it. But then there was also a couple of, you know what, I didn't speak when I should have. And I regret that as well. Then of course, there was Carl who tried to carry the puppy and coffee up the stairs at the same time.
2: Yes, that would have been undoubtedly a very big
1: that was his stupid
2: mistake. Yeah.
1: But luckily it was the <laughs>
2: For him and, it, and the dog. Not, but not the luckily, coffee. Just
1: so we're clear, it was the coffee he dropped, not the dog. Okay?
2: If you dropped the dog,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, he would have Emily been. Emily would have been. Uh, he would have been in so much trouble. Hey, listen, here's the last quote. And and I know that, I know that you follow this. I know that we apply this. And I know that we we teach our mastermind members to apply this as well. It's this one. I help my children realize they are already winners. I catch them doing something right.
2: Yeah, I mean it can be just whether it's kids, you know, I mean employees are like teenagers really. They've just got a little bit more attitude than than the kid than the young children, and they're ten times as frustrating as as, as little kids. But catching them do something right, it, it could just simply be a high five, or you know, if it's a sales environment, ringing the bell, or yeah. Sending out a blast email, whether it's a happy birthday celebration or some sort of achievement, let the world know it's, it's catch them doing it right. It's great.
1: I think I think too, and you and I have both worked with people like this. But I think if we go back, you know, some, maybe some of this sort of older management style back in the days of you know work or get fired sort of thing. But there was this: oh, I'm going to catch them out. Do you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch them doing something wrong, and then I'm going to correct that. And you know, they're probably. You know, they're probably cheating on something. It's like the work from home. Oh, you know, I want to, there was some article, I forget what company it was, it found that it was spying on its, on its staff or working from home and, you know, as opposed to, so, you know, looking for an error, looking for a mistake, as opposed to going, yeah, you know what, you're doing something really well and let's build on that positive reinforcement. Like it's basic stuff that you do, that you do with your kids is that positive reinforcement and, and that's how you get them to continue to do things well. And yet we often just don't do it with, with, with our team members.
2: I think it's it's tiresome finding finding things that are a negative all the time. <laughs> It's
1: exhausting, isn't it? It's
2: exhausting because you're just constantly in a hunt for something and that actually doesn't necessarily reflect on the person who you think is doing the wrong thing. It actually reflects back onto you. If you're seeing that people are doing the wrong thing, then you're not focusing on what you need to do. Yep. You're putting too much time into what everybody else is doing right Wrong. Sorry. Maybe you should
1: look and see what you're doing wrong. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of self reflection. I love that quote. That concept of just catching people doing something right. And I know that it's something that that I see that we do, that a lot of our mastermind members do, and we and that we we help them to achieve is. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Caroline. How big? Because you, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're sort of going, "Yeah, but this doesn't apply to me because I don't, you know, I've only got one one employee or I don't have a team as such." you will have suppliers or contractors or alliance partners and all of the things that we've spoken about today, you can apply to them as well. So there's a very broad definition of team, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, your team is everything. Everybody, is your, you know, everybody that you work with to help run your business and help supply or produce what you need to produce is a part of your team. It all impacts down the line. It, it, you know, it does. Everybody's important there.
1: Yeah, it is a really, you know, there is, I'm saying there's no I in team. I mean, there is a really broad approach and that's the way we look at team. It doesn't necessarily, you might be a sole trader or you might be a solo practitioner and you're sitting there going, well, I don't actually have any team, but, you know, maybe maybe you've got some offshore team. But if not, you'll have suppliers, you'll have contractors, you'll have alliances and it's always worthwhile even applying these principles to them, you know, catch them doing something right and and, and show appreciation for it. I think there's great value in that.
2: Something that you can do that's it's really small, but it's it's a it's a great two minutes to take to invest in somebody. We I, mean, I did this at the end of the day and it's just you know, what ask somebody what is your biggest takeaway for the day?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's really
2: interesting because some they'll say, Oh no, I don't really have a, yeah, nothing today, nothing today. I went, oh sure, sure. You must have had something. It doesn't have to be work related, you know, and it might be they were able to place an order really quickly. And it was great because it came the next day, or it might be they wrote yeah. about a new project and yeah. how they could implement that quicker. So yeah, it's, it's a good question to ask, and it shows them you actually care about what they did that day.
1: Well, it does, and I just—I mean, you know—we spend we have our team if if they come into into the workplace, and they spend more time with us than they do with their own family. And if we don't stop and take some interest in them and ask them you know, what's been their win for the week or, or you know, what's their takeaway for the day or how's it working for them? I just think that's so vitally important. Great stuff, good things to learn. These are the sort of things that we teach our clients in our Mastermind Business Accelerator program if you are in small business or maybe uh, you're you're a professional and you would like to learn how to imply, apply all of the things we've spoken about. Because if you get this right, Caroline, and you build the team up, what happens is the business is really no longer reliant on you.
2: No, you want people to to step up and, and play play in the game.
1: That's right. And then you can be like one of our clients who's just taken off to Europe and, and Northern Africa for six months. It didn't take us. No, he didn't take us, but he didn't take his team because his team have been able to step up and run the business very, very successfully while he's away and that's taken some time and some work to get that, but it is absolutely achievable. If you'd like to know more with Love to have a chat to you about how the mastermind program can help you to achieve that. Until then, next time. Till next. Thank you Caroline. You're welcome. It was fantastic. Till the next episode. It's Mark creeden and saying we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Mastermind for Business podcast. If you're ready to have a business that you're not a slave to, Check out metropolemastermind.com.au or have a chat with Mark and the team at all the W's, see what's possible.today.